Travels with My Aunt, a new and different novel by a runaway bestseller, Graham Greene. A funny thing happened on the way to The Undertaker. When retired bachelor Henry Pulling, with the urn containing his mother's ashes under his arm, met up with his 75-year-old not-so-maiden Aunt Augusta. Starting at Aunt Augusta's House of Forty, this unlikely team begins a series of high, hilarious adventures when Aunt Augusta's current lover, a husky young African named Wordsworth, stashes some very good marijuana in with dear old mother's remains just before the police raid the premises. From London to Paris, Istanbul to Paraguay, Aunt Augusta barely dances and smuggles gold with cheerful professionalism while Henry turns on to pot, adventure, and life. This is a delicious new bestseller from the master Graham Greene, author of The Third Man, Our Man in Havana, Brighton Rock, and many more, but some of them are. Uh, the Shipwrecked, This Gun for Hire, 21 Stories, Orient Express, and The Man Within. There were some other movies made, uh, like The End of the Affair, Travels with My Aunt, and The Quiet American. The third man is also one. Part one, chapter one. I met my aunt Augusta for the first time in more than half a century at my mother's funeral. My mother was approaching 86 when she died and my aunt was some 11 or 12 years younger. I had retired from the bank two years before with an adequate pension and a silver handshake. There had been a takeover by the Westminster and my branch was considered redundant. Everyone thought me lucky, but I found it difficult to occupy my time. I have never married, I have always lived quietly, and apart from my interest in dahlias, I have no hobby. For those reasons, I found myself agreeably excited by my mother's funeral. My father had been dead for more than 40 years. He was a building contractor of a lethargic disposition who used to take afternoon naps in all sorts of curious places. This irritated my mother, who was an energetic woman, and she used to seek him out to disturb him. As a child, I remember going to the bathroom, we lived in Highgate then, and finding my father asleep in the bath in his clothes. I am rather short-sighted, and I brought... Uh, my mother had been cleaning an overcoat until I heard my father whisper, bolt the door on the inside when you go out. He was too lazy to get out of the bath and too sleepy, I suppose, to realize that his order was quite impossible to carry out. At another time, when he was responsible for the new block of flats in Lewisham, he would take his catnap in the cabin of the giant crane and construction would be halted until he woke. 
a mother who had a good head for heights, would climb ladders to the highest scaffolding in the hope of discovering him. When as like as not, he would have found a corner in what was to be the underground garage. I had always thought of them as reasonably happy together. Their twin roles of the hunter and the hunted probably suited them, for my mother, by the time I first remembered her, had developed an alert poise of the head and a weary trotting pace, which reminded me of a gone dog. I must be forgiven these memories of the past. At a funeral, they are apt to come unbidden. There is so much waiting about. Not many people attended the service, which took place at a famous crematorium, but there was that slight stirring of excited expectation, which is never experienced at a graveside. With the open doors open, will the coffin stick on the way to the flames? I heard a voice behind me saying in very clear old accents, I was present once at a premature cremation. It was, as I recognized with some difficulty from a photograph in the family album, my Aunt Augusta, who had arrived late, dressed rather as the late Queen Mary of beloved memory might have dressed if she had still been with us and had adapted herself a little bit towards the present mode. I was surprised by her brilliant red hair, monumentally piled, and her two big front teeth which gave her a vital Neanderthal air. Somebody said, hush, and a clergyman began a prayer which I believe he must have composed himself. I had never heard it at any other funeral service, and I have attended a great number in my time. A bank manager is expected to pay his last respects to every old client who is not, as we say, in the red, and in any case I have a weakness for funerals. People are generally seen at their best on these occasions, serious and sober, and optimistic on the subject of personal immortality. The funeral of my mother went without a hitch. The flowers were removed economically from the coffin, which had the touch of a button slid away from us out of sight. Afterwards, in the troubled sunlight, I shook hands with a number of nephews and nieces and cousins whom I hadn't seen for years and could not identify. It was understood that I had to wait for the ashes, and wait I did, while the chimney of the crematorium gently smoked overhead. You must be Henry, Aunt Augusta said, gazing reflectively at me with her sea-dip blue eyes. Yes, I said, and you must be Aunt Augusta. It's a very long time since I saw anything of your mother, Aunt Augusta told me. I hoped that her death was an easy one. Oh yes, you know, at her time of life, her heart just stopped. She died of old age. Old age? She was only 12 years older than I am, Aunt Augusta said, accusingly. We took a little walk together in the garden of the crematorium. The crematorium garden resembles a real garden, about as much as a gold links resemble a genuine landscape. The lawns are too well cultivated and the trees too stifly on parade. 
The urns resembled the little boxes containing sand where the ones tease up. Tell me, Aunt Augusta said, are you still at the bank? No, I retired two years ago. Retired? A young man like you? For heaven's sake, what do you do with your time? I cultivate dahlias, Aunt Augusta. She gave a real right about swing of a phantom bustle. Dalias, whatever would your father have said? He took no interest in flowers, I know that. He always thought a garden was a waste of good building space. He would calculate how many bedrooms, one above the other, he could have fitted in. He was a very sleepy man. He needed bedrooms for more than sleep, my aunt said with a coarseness which surprised me. He slept in the other's places. I remember once in the bathroom. In the bedroom he did other things than sleep, she said. You are the proof. I began to understand why my parents had seen so little of Aunt Augusta. She had a temperament my mother would not have liked. My mother was far from being a Puritan, but she wanted everything to be done or said at a suitable time. At meals, we would talk about meals, perhaps the price of food. If we went to the theater, we talked in the interval about the play or other plays. At breakfast, we spoke of the news. She was adept at guiding conversation back into the right channel if it strayed. She had a phrase. My dear, this isn't the moment. Perhaps in the bedroom I found myself thinking with something of Aunt Augusta's directness. She talked about love. That was why she couldn't bear my father sleeping in odd places. And when I developed an interest in Dahlias, she often warned me to forget about them during banking hours. By the time we had finished our walk, the ashes were ready for me. I had chosen a very classical urn in black steel, and I would have liked to assure myself that there had been no error, but they presented me with a package very neatly done up in brown paper with red paper seals, which reminded me of a Christmas gift. What are you doing? What are you going to do with it? Aunt Augusta said. I thought of making a little throne for it among my dahlias. It will look a little bleak in winter. I hadn't considered that. I could always bring it indoors that season. Backwards and forwards, my sister seems hardly likely to rest in peace. I'll think over it again. You're not married, are you? No. Any children? Of course not. There is always the question of whom you will bequeath, my sister. I am likely to predecease you. One cannot think of everything at once. You could have left it here, Aunt Augusta said. I thought it would look well among the dahlias, I replied obstinately. obstinately. For I had spent all the previous evening designing a simple plinth in good taste. A chacun son goût. My aunt said, with surprisingly good French accent, I have never considered our family very cosmopolitan. Well, Aunt Augusta, 
I sat at the gates of the crematorium. I was preparing to, to leave for my garden cold. It's been many years since we saw each other. I hope um, I had left the lawnmower outside uncovered, and there was a hint of rain in the quick gray clouds overhead. I would like it very much if one day you would take a cup of tea with me in Southwood. At the moment, I would prefer something stronger and more tranquilizing. It is not every day one sees a sister consigned to the flames, like La Pucelle. I don't quite, um, Joan of Arc. I have something, some sherry at home, but it's rather a long ride, and perhaps... My apartment is at any rate north of the river. Aunt Augusta said firmly, and I have everything we require. Without asking my assent, she hailed a taxi. It was the first and perhaps when I think back on it now, the most memorable of the journeys we were to take together. Chapter Two I was quite right in my weather forecast. The grey clouds began to rain, and I found myself preoccupied with my private worries. All along the shiny streets, people were putting up umbrellas and taking shelter in the doorways of Burtonses, the United Dairies, Mac Fisheries, or the ABC. For some reason, rain in the suburbs reminds me of a Sunday. What's on your mind? Aunt Augusta said. It was so stupid of me. I felt my lawnmower out on the lawn, uncovered. My aunt showed me no sympathy. She said, forget your lawnmower. It's odd how we seem to meet only at religious ceremonies. The last time I saw you was at your baptism. I was not asked, but I came. She gave a croak of a laugh, like the wicked fairy. Why didn't they ask you? I knew too much about both of them. I remember you were far too quiet. You didn't yell the devil out. I wonder if he is still there. She called to the driver. Don't confuse the place with the square, the crescent or the gardens. I am the place. I didn't know there was any breach. Your photograph was there in the family album. For appearances only, she gave a little sigh, which drove out a puff of scented powder. Your mother was a very saintly woman. She should by rights have had a white funeral. La Pucelle, she added again. I don't quite see. La Pucelle means, well, to put it bluntly, I am here, Aunt Augusta. Yes, but you were your father's child, not your mother's. That morning I had been very excited, even exhilarated, by the thought of the funeral. Indeed, if it had not been my mother's, I would have found it a wholly desirable break in the daily routine of retirement, and I was pleasurably reminded of the old banking days, when I had paid the final adieu to so many admirable clients. But I had never contemplated such a break as this one, which my aunt announced so casually. Hiccups are said to be cured by sudden shock, 
and they can equally be caused by one. I hiccuped an incoherent question. I have said that your official mother was a saint. The girl, you see, refused to marry your father, who was anxious, if you can use such an energetic term in his case, to do the right thing. So my sister covered up for her by marrying him. It was not very strong-willed. Afterwards, she patted herself for months with progressive cushions. No one ever suspected. She even wore the cushions in bed, and she was so deeply concerned when your father tried once to make love to her after the marriage, but before your birth, that even when you had been safely delivered, she refused him what the church calls his rights. It was never a man in any case to stand on them. I learned uh, hiccuping in the taxi. I could, couldn't have spoken if I had tried. I remembered all those pursuits up by scaffolding. Had they been caused then by my mother's jealousy or was it the apprehension that she might be required to pass again so many more months padded with cushions of assorted sizes? No, my aunt said to the taxi driver. These are the gardens, I told you. I am the place. Then I turned left, madam. No, right. On the left is the crescent. Oh, this shouldn't come as a shock to you, Henry, Aunt Augusta said. My sister, your stepmother, perhaps we should agree to call her that, was a very noble person indeed. And my father? A bit of a hound, but so are most men. Perhaps it's their best quality. I hope you have a little bit of the hound in you too, Henry. I don't uh, think so. We may discover it in time. You are your father's son. That hiccup is best cured by drinking out of the opposite rim of a glass. You can imitate a glass with your hand. Liquid is not a necessary part of the cure. I drew a long free breath and asked, Who was my mother, Aunt Augusta? But she was already far away from that subject, speaking to the driver. No, no, no. My man, this is Crescent. You said turn right, lady. Then I apologize. It was my mistake. I am always a little uncertain about right and left. Port, I can always remember because of a color. Red means left. You should have turned to port, not starboard. I'm no bloody navigator, lady. Never mind. Just continue all the way round and start again. I take all the blame. We drew up outside a public house. The driver said, Ma'am, if you had only told me it was the crown and anchor. Henry Mahon said, If you could forget your hiccup for a moment. Okay. I asked. It's six and six on the clock, the driver said. Then we will let it reach seven shillings, Aunt Augusta retorted. Henry, I feel I ought perhaps to warn you before we go in that a white funeral, in my case, would have been quite out of place. But you've never married, I said very quickly to beat the hiccups. I have nearly always 
during the last 60 or more years had a friend, Montagusta said. She added, perhaps because I looked incredulous. Age, Henry, may I a little modify our emotions? It does not destroy them. Even those words did not prepare me properly for what I found next. My life in the bank had taught me, of course, to be unsurprised, even by the demand for startling overdrafts, and I had always made it a point neither to ask for nor to listen to any explanation. The overdraft was given or refused simply on the previous credit of the client. If I seemed to the reader a somewhat static character, he should appreciate the long conditioning of the career before retirement. My aunt, I was to discover, had never been conditioned by anything at all, and she had no intention of explaining more than she had already done. Chapter 3 The crown and anchor was built like a bank in Georgian style. Through the windows I could see men with exaggerated moustaches in tweed coats, which were split horsily behind, gathered round a girl in jopers. They were not the type to whom I would have extended much credit, and I doubted whether any of them, except the girl, had ever ridden a horse. They were all drinking bitter, and I had the impression that any spare cash they might have put aside went on tailors and hairdressers rather than equitation. A long experience with clients has made me prefer a shabby whiskey drinker to a well-dressed beer drinker. We went in by a side door. My aunt's apartment was on the second floor, and on the first floor there was a small sofa, which I learned later had been brought by my aunt so that she could take a little rest on the way up. It was typical of her generous nature that she had brought a sofa which could barely be squeezed onto the landing and not a cheerful one. I always take a little rest at this point. Come and sit down too, Henry. The stairs are steep, though perhaps they don't seem so at your age. She looked at me critically. You have certainly changed a lot since I saw you last, though you haven't got much more hair. Hoy es la día triste y y que pobre Emilio estaba que 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 hace y no contestó el teléfono de él. Y, y pobrecito que necesitas para que toda la familia de Emilio están ahí. Yo, yo quiero que Emilio se quede bien a su vida. Y, yo, y es un día triste que yo no he visto porque Emilio, pobre Emilio, no la llamaron. Pero el otro día hace mucho tiempo cuando yo estaba pequeña... Me, me, yo hablé con Milio y después me, 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 llama, me llamaron, pero esta día es una triste día. Ok, adiós. <tose>